Would these words describe the world today? We're living in a world today that is decaying, that's rotting, that is morally and spiritually bankrupt. Do you think that our world fits that description? Another word that may be used to describe our world today is darkness. We are living in a dark world. Men are walking in darkness, living in darkness. Jesus said in John 3.19, their deeds were evil. But we are here as Christians. How would God want us to respond to the culture in which we live? There are examples in the Old Testament where God's people were living in dark cultures. They refused to integrate uh, in their culture. Uh, they stood against evil around them and they made a difference. Daniel did while he was in Babylon. He said in, in Daniel 1.8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. I want to tell you today that you too can make a difference. You can make a difference in the dark world around you. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter number 5. Matthew, chapter number 5. As we continue to make our way through the Sermon on the Mount, we have come through the Beatitudes, uh, and here we will find the application of the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter number 5 is starting in verse number 13. If you're physically able, I ask you to stand for the reading of the Word of God in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. The Bible says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you have given us during this past week. And dear Lord, as we examine this portion of Scripture, I pray that you would just help us to see our position in this world. I pray, I pray that it will help us to see the, the influence that we can make in this world if we will just uh, claim the, the attributes that you have placed upon us. Help us, dear Lord, to be what you have named us to be in this passage of Scripture. Help us to make a difference. I pray, dear Lord, if there's anyone here that's never been saved, that they will receive Christ as their Savior today. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <laughs> Peppermint Patty was talking to Charlie Brown. And he said to Charlie Brown, this is the first day of school and I've already been to the principal's office. And she says, it's your fault, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown says, it's my fault. It's not my fault. Why is everything my fault? She said, it's because you're my friend and you should have had a better influence in me. 
Well, in a manner of speaking, I guess that's right. Uh, we ought to be a better influence on those around us. Uh, there's no question that we are living in dark days. There's no question that there is, uh, there is no doubt that, that we are living in a culture that has become anti-God, has become anti-Bible. Uh, I want you to know that the answer to the world's pressure, pr uh, problems is, is not for Christians to organize and to, to picket City Hall. It's not for uh, Christians or uh, for Congress to pass favorable laws for Christianity. The answer to the world's problems is for Christians to be salt and light in this world. It may be a lot easier to pass the law. It, it may be a lot easier to, to organize a protest. But what works is what God's plan is for God's people is to be salt and light in this world. We are to have a godly and positive influence in, in, on the world that we live in. There may be some who would say, but wait a minute, I, you don't know my situation. I'm way up in years, and, and, and I don't get out much, and, and I'm limited in, in, in what I can do. I don't have the strength and the energy that I once did. Or, or maybe you may say, I, I'm just a young person. I, 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 God doesn't expect anything out of me. I, I go to school. I, I, I come home. I do my homework. I go to bed. What else can I do? Uh, but I'm telling you that if you've been saved, God has a job for you to do. Amen. And, and that is for you to be salt and light wherever you are. Whether you are in the, the nursing home or the classroom, or whether you are around your friends or family or colleagues, God wants you to be salt and light in the world. You may say to me, well, I can't do that. Well, maybe somebody else can do it, but I can't do it. Well, if that's true, then Jesus is wrong. Because Jesus said, you are. He said, you are. I find it very interesting to see the way Jesus put this. Jesus did not give us command and say, you be the salt, or you, uh, you be light. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't give us a suggestion that it would be a good idea if you would be salt and light. Jesus made a declarative statement and said, you are salt and you are light. He's not commanding us to do it. He's telling us what we are in Jesus Christ. It's interesting how that Jesus refers to his followers. Uh, Jesus says we are children of God. He says we're, we're sheep. He says we're branches. Here he uses two metaphors and says you are salt and you are light. What does that mean? Uh, how does that apply to our lives today? Is it really possible to be light and salt in our culture today? I want, you to tell you, I want to tell you today how you can influence others for God and for good based upon our text today. I want to show you that no matter what circles that you run in, no matter how many friends you have, no matter where your daily agendas will take you, I want to show you today from the Word of God how you can make a difference and influence God uh, and, and, and use the influence God has given you to impact this world. There are people that have influenced you in your past and, and you never realized it. 
Uh, you never realized. You didn't sit down with them and take notes. You, you, you didn't record everything they were saying. Uh, but after a period of time, it comes back to you. Oh, I sound like my daddy. That's the same thing my mama would do. We are being influenced all the time. All the time. This past week, young people were influenced. You were influenced by the television. You were influenced by your classmates. We are all influenced by something or someone. Uh, how can you go to work tomorrow? How can you go to school tomorrow? How can you talk on the phone tomorrow? How can you uh, send an email tomorrow? How can you uh, make a Facebook post tomorrow and, and have a positive impact on those around you? First of all, I want us to notice what Jesus says as he describes us. As he describes us. If you're going to make a difference in our world, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know who you are in Jesus Christ. He says you are salt and you are light. Uh, you, you may say, well, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Uh, because Jesus said that's who you are. When you were saved, you received in you a part of the nature of God. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You know what that makes you? The light of the world. Uh, Jesus had a preserving influence on the culture when he was here. Do you know what you are? You are salt, just like Jesus was. Verse number 13 says, ye are the salt of the earth. You may not understand what that means in our culture today. Uh, but in the first century, salt was a precious commodity. Uh, it, was, it was something of value. Our, our modern word for salary comes from the word salt. <coughs> from the Latin word sour or, or, or solarium. Originally denoting a Roman soldier's allowance to buy salt. From this, the saying comes that he is not worth his salt. Which means he's not worth what he's being paid. Uh, salt was a precious commodity. Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. Today there are many di different interpretations of what uh, Jesus meant when he said you are the salt of the earth. Some that would say uh, we are salt because it is white. It is pure and and it has the appearance of purity, and, and, and Christians are pure. And that's one interpretation. I, I, I have some salt at the house that's, that's, that's raw, and it's not white. It's, it's not pure like that person might pretend. Uh, another interpretation is that salt creates thirst. And Christians are on the earth to create a thirst for the Lord Jesus. Uh, I don't think that's what the Lord meant either. When, when Jesus spoke to those fishermen in the first century, when he spoke to the farmers or the keepers and butchers of meat, they knew and understood that salt was used to, to preserve. It was used to preserve. Their life depended upon it. They didn't have refrigeration in that day. And, and in order to preserve their meat, they had to salt it down. This is a practice that's been used for centuries. I did this myself when I was in Romania. 
Uh, it's, a, it's a trade that's gone by the wayside. People don't do that any longer. But we raised some pigs, and I wanted some country ham, and I wanted some salt-cured and smoked bacon, so I salt-cured some of our meat. Uh, Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. You are valuable. You are to have a preserving influence in this world to to slow down the corruption. I wonder today how salty you were this past week. Did you make a difference? Uh, Did your life make a difference in the life of someone, uh, anyone around you? Were you salt? I know this seems strange, but listen to me. We look around and we can see that there is ungodliness everywhere. Uh, There is immorality everywhere. And and all kinds of wickedness in this world today. Uh, On Valentine's Day this week, a wicked young man killed 17 people. I believe the boy was demon-possessed, or is demon-possessed. The news stations reported it and passed by like it was nothing. But what he said, he said demons made him do it. He heard voices in his head. They wrote that off as being mental illness. There was evil all around us. You may say how bad this world is, but listen to me. You haven't seen anything until there are no more Christians in the world. Uh, It's only... The only reason it's not worse than it is, the only reason that there's not more wickedness uh, than it already is in the world is because of the preserving work and ministry of God's people who are still still here in this world. Christians make a difference by being salt. There's a second thing that Jesus said in verse number 14. He said, ye are light of the world. Jesus said on one occasion in John 9, 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He said at one place that he was the light of the world. And then he says here to his disciples, you are the light of the world. So which is it? Uh, Is Jesus the light of the world or, or are we the light of the world? The answer is yes. We are the light of the world. But Jesus is the son and when the sun moves around the side of the people on the other side, the moon comes up and reflects the light of the sun. Jesus is the light, and we are just reflecting the light that Jesus is. You can't generate that yourself. You can't make your own light shine. You remember when you were young and we sang songs in church? We'd sang the This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out, I'm going to let it shine. Shine all over Orlando, I'm going to let it shine. Shine all over Florida, I'm going to let it shine. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not asking us to do anything. Thing that's impossible. He's not asking us to do something that's beyond our ability to do. He is saying that work that 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 I did in your heart, that light that I've shined in your life, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. That's what Jesus is saying. We are to reflect the light that Jesus Christ is. We live in a dark world. 
And this world needs light. The only place they're going to get, get it is for Christians to reflect the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the question this week. How did you do in being salt? Did you restrain yourself from being a bad influence? Did, did you make a difference in anybody's life? How did you do in signing the reflective light of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus has described us as salt and light. That's who we are. I want you to get this settled in your minds today, what Jesus says about you. He said you are salt. And he said you are light. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. Don't feel like uh, that you're, you're just a good-for-nothing Christian. This is what we are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This is so because Jesus said that you are. Be who Jesus says you are. There's a second thing we see in this passage, and there's a danger. There's a danger. Uh, what danger are you talking about, preacher? Verse number 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but... You knew that was coming, didn't you? If the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Jesus is saying in this passage that it, it is possible for salt to lose its ability to preserve. It's possible that salt would lose its influence. How does this happen? Salt to salt. Uh, do you remember a few years ago they came out with this new product called No Salt? They say it's just like salt. Uh, but salt, I understand, is sodium chloride. Uh, no salt, I looked it up this week, and no salt is potassium chloride, potassium uh, bitrate, uh, apatite acid, silicon dioxide, mineral oil, and, and fumaric acid. You can use it if you want, but until the doctor tells me it's going to kill me, I'm going to use salt. <laughs> uh, it, it's either salt or it isn't salt. Uh, and uh, in Jesus' day, there was something that could happen to salt. Uh, it, was, it was mined from around the Dead Sea. Uh, do you know how salt could become no good? Uh, there was one thing that would make salt no good. It, it, it could become contaminated. Other things could get mixed with it and you couldn't separate it. It could become dirty. That's the dangers that we face as Christians. The danger for us as Christians is that we would become contaminated by this world. The danger is that we will become friends of the world. The danger is that we would love the world. That we would become a part of the world. That we would adopt the world's value system. That we would adopt its belief system. That we would allow the world to contaminate us. And when salt has been contaminated... It is no longer pure. It is good for nothing. Can I ask you a question? Don't look around, but have you ever known a professing Christian that was nothing more than just a joke? 
They said they were Christian. They said they were salt. But their life had become so intermingled with the world. The only time they have the appearance of being a Christian is on Sunday morning. They live like the world. They sound like the world. They, they are uncaring like the world. They're just a joke. The problem is it's not funny. People that want to be included in the Christian crowd on Sunday but, but don't want to be left out of the worldly crowd on Friday and Saturday night. James describes what happens is they have lost their Savior. Jesus describes what ha happens is they, they have lost their Savior. They have lost their saltiness. We have the idea that we can be salty on Sunday morning. We can be salty on Sunday night. When we are around Christians, we can be salty. We can be salty when we go to work. Uh, but when we go to work, God's going to understand that we're not salty. No, God doesn't understand. You do harm to the name of our Lord. You do harm to the gospel of Jesus Christ when you lose your saltiness. He said you are the salt of the earth. But if you become contaminated... If you become impure, if you become filthy, dirty, you will lose your influence and effectiveness. What good are you? The only thing can be done with it is the salt would be thrown out. It would be put in a place where you could walk. This past week, did you say anything to anybody? Did you do anything to anybody that would make you less salty than you ought to be? We can lose this saltiness by doing something, by a word. I don't, I don't know the hearts of people, but I can't help but wonder that one of the reasons there are so many professing Christians today who are reluctant to share the gospel is because that they know they're not as salty as they ought to be. If they try to tell someone about how to be saved, they're going to be made fun of and mocked because of their lifestyle. When salt has lost its saltiness, where is the good? In verse number 15, it says, notice the, the second danger. It says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. The purpose of the light is to shine. Uh, the purpose of the light is to illuminate the darkness. Uh, you don't light a candle, and in that day, in, in a small Jewish home, it would have been a, a small candle. And, 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 and you don't light a candle and put a basket over uh, it. This, that hides the light. It, it turns out the light. But you put it on a candlestick that it would shine in all directions and provide light everywhere. It would shine on everybody in the house. Jesus said, that's why you've been saved. Uh, that, that is why you are the light of the world. Uh, because the whole world is living in darkness, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, says, for, for ye were sometimes darkness, or, or in other words, you were formerly in darkness, but now are ye light in the world. Walk as children of light. We were in darkness, but we have seen the light. We've stepped out of darkness and embraced the light. We have accepted the light, the Savior who died on the cross for our sins. We have stepped into the light of faith, and now we are the children of light. The world around us is still in darkness, and 
You need to understand that there, there, uh, that there is no beaming spiritual light shining out of Washington, D.C. There's no streaming light coming out of our school system. If the world is going to walk into the light, step in the light and see Jesus for who he is, uh, you've got to see our light shining. This church is getting excited about the light shining over in the country of France. Um, we have a family from among our church. And God is called to go there and shine the light of Jesus in that foreign land. And, and, and we're excited about that. But of all our excitement of the light shining over there, let's make sure that the light shines here as well. There is something terribly wrong. There is something inconsistent when we are concerned about the light shining on other continents, but we're not letting our light shine here. I want you to know that the citizens of Orlando need to see the glorious light of the, God, of the Son of God. And they've got to see it from me. And they've got to see it from you. You were not saved to hide your light. Jesus has no secret service. There's no such thing as following Jesus from a distance. I'm going to cling to the gospel, but I'm not going to be a, become a fanatic about it. Once you have been partaken of the grace of, of God, and God has allowed you to see the, the light of Jesus, you can't help but let your light shine. When you go to school in the morning, let your light shine. When you uh, go into the break room at work, let your light shine. When you, when you go to a family reunion, let your light shine. When you are shopping for groceries, uh, let your light shine. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, let your light shine for Jesus. Amen. The last thing I want us to see this morning is our duty. Our duty. We have a duty that we must accept. We have a duty that we must accept. Verse number 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want you to understand that this verse doesn't say that they may see your good works and glorify you. It says that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about what other people think about us. It's all about our Heavenly Father. I want the light of the gospel to shine through me, and I want to be the salt of the earth, but, it, but not for me. Uh, not so that you'll pat me on the back. It's, it's not about me. It's about the Father which is in heaven. So that others will see the good works and glorify Him. He is the only one worthy of glory. He is the only one worthy of praise. That's why we have a song that we sing each Sunday specifically honoring and praising Him. Our responsibility is to be salt and light. And that glorifies the Father. Uh, this passage follows the Beatitudes. If you will just live out the Beatitudes to be poor in spirit, feel mourn over your sin. If you'll be a peacemaker, if you'll be meek, 
If you'll be what the Beatitudes tell you to be, you will be salt and you will be light. Amen. Being salt and light is a matter of character. It's not a matter of reputation. Reputation is what men think you are. Character is what God knows you are. In conclusion, I've got three things I'd like to mention to you. Three questions. Understand your responsibility to influence others. We need to understand our, our responsibility to influence others for God and for good. We need to understand that. Understand that you will influence others. You are influencing others. Either for good or for yourself or for Satan. You are influencing others. Influence them for God. Number two, refuse to conform to the world. You will not influence anybody for God by becoming like this world. Uh, don't blend in with the world to influence the world. The fact that we are different from the world allows us to influence the world. Number three, allow yourself to be salt and light. Ask the Lord to help you become salt and light by applying the Beatitudes in your own life. This morning, as you've come together today, you may not have realized your role in this world. Yes, it may be a dark world. Sin abounds around us. But Jesus stated, you are salt. They, that preserving and that influential factor that's in this world. How you doing? How, how are things going in your life? He says you're light. You are a reflection of His light. When people see us, do they see the light of Christ reflecting from us? We like to call ourselves Christian because we believe in Christ. The word Christian was developed or was formed because people were acting like Christ. They didn't label themselves as such. They were being, being taunted, ridiculed. You imitators of Christ was the accusation. We wear that title, proud title. But do we fit its meaning? Do people accuse us of being a Christian because of what they see? Are we reflecting the light of Christ in our lives? This morning we're going to have an invitation. And the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning. And you need to make a change. There's room at this altar. For you to come and make things right with God. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be glad to do that. The Lord has spoken to your heart this morning. I pray you come. Let's all stand. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Thank you for this passage of Scripture that reminds us of the impact that we all make in this world around us to be salt and to be light. Dear Lord, sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't measure up to be
what you would want us to be, what you said that we are. And dear Lord, I just pray that you would help us to clean up the, the worldliness that's in our life, the dirt that's got into our salt and called us to be less influential. Let us shine the light that you have reflected in on us, not cover it up with a basket or with a, a sinful life or but shine it on a candlestick. Not that people would glorify us. Not that people would edify us and to bat us on our back. But to glorify our Heavenly Father. Lord, we want to glorify you. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.